0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about what to say to the bereaved after a loved one has died or was killed. And next episode, we'll talk about what not to say to support or help a grieving family or friend. So, you know, when you first hear of someone's death, You immediately want to reach out to that special person in your life who is intimately affected by that death. The person who died may not necessarily be someone you know well and your complete focus will be on that family member or friend. But sometimes you are also intimately affected in the case of a mutual parent, sibling, grandparent, or other relative like an aunt or a cousin. This grief will touch many people in your family, especially if the person was well-loved. But even so, just remember that people grieve differently and are affected differently, so if you think someone should be acting a certain way or isn't grieving in the manner you are, don't say anything unkind. They are processing their pain differently than you, and maybe it will take some time for them to release that pain. They may have some unfinished business with that relative, and they're struggling with that. There are so many ways to grieve, and no two people do it exactly the same way. So please be conscious of this. First of all, Only you can determine, based upon the relationship you have with this individual, whether it's appropriate to call or rush over to their home or even the hospital after you've heard the news. If you call, you can say, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister's death. Let me come over now to be with you for a little while. Then listen for their response. Don't take it upon yourself, just listen. If they say, that would be nice, then go immediately. If they say, I'm really not sure, they may wish just to be nice and not intrude on your own day and evening. But then you might say, well, why don't I just come over and when you've had enough of me, I'll leave. You won't offend me by telling me to go home when you've had enough. I'll just be with you. And if you don't get a no, then go immediately. But if they say, no, I really need to rest and be by myself right now, you might respond by saying, I'll check in on you in the morning. But please make sure you call me in the night if you need me. Make yourself available. Making yourself available is so important. When you see them, hug them if it's appropriate. You can say, I'm so sorry you are going through this. Would you like to talk about what happened? And if they nod or agree, just listen. Ask if you can sit closer to them. Hold their hand. Look into their eyes. Be completely present. Turn off your phone. The last thing you need right now is to hear texts or emails coming in, or anyone bothering you. If they say they don't want to talk about it, then just sit next to them quietly and see if it feels right to hug them. Oftentimes, a person will need to be silent to comprehend what has transpired, and later the tears may flow. You will be there to get the tissues and the tea and be present when they fall apart. Only you know what your relationship is, so you will know what's appropriate. If they start to talk about memories of their loved one and you remember that person, do join in and share what you remember. One of the most difficult things is thinking that their loved one will not be remembered or spoken about any longer, and you can help with that. Remind them that you will never forget their loved one, if indeed that's how you feel. If they are grieving a beloved family member or friend, your friend will love to hear this. But of course, if the person caused pain for them, had a strained relationship. They may feel worse, and you can be honest and not say things that make that relationship more than it was. They are already feeling badly about their death. It might have been too soon, or the person had an addiction which ultimately took their life, or they took their life themselves, or they were murdered, these are sensitive situations, and sometimes your friend or relative feels embarrassed by this, and they don't want to be judged. And you're not there to judge them. You're there to help your friend or relative deal with the after-effects of this person's death, whether that's good, bad, or ugly. We must remember that grief is messy. Other people's issues have a way of coming back to haunt us sometimes. We need to do the best we can if someone in our family or circle of friends has had a tragic death. Our job is to be, there for our friend, to say comforting and authentic things to them. Things like, I don't know what to say, but I can listen. I love you so much, and I'm sorry you are in such pain. A part of him will always live on in you. There is just no one right way to grieve. We must just see where this path takes us. If they are religious or spiritual, you might say, You know, God can handle all your anger. If they are an especially giving person, you might encourage them to be as caring for themselves as they are for everyone else in their life. Sometimes there just are no answers. In the case of homicide, sometimes suicide where there's no note, the biggest question is why? Who would be so malicious as to take my parent, spouse, sibling, or child's life? Or why do they do this to themselves? So if they continue saying this and asking the why question, you might say in the most compassionate way, Oh, how I wish I could find an answer for you. And then hold them tighter through the pain or wailing. If you live a good distance away, you might let them know you will be at the funeral and stay for several days. If they are all alone, this will bring comfort to them knowing that once everyone goes home after the funeral, you will be company for them during such a lonely time. Plus, they may need to get accustomed to living in a house alone again. You might remind them that although they may not get over the loss, you will help them get through it. Bringing up the word closure is not something they need right now. Many people don't believe in closure. They believe their loss is severe, and it will take a while before they can learn to live without that person in their life. You might say that part of your loved one will always live on in you and all those who loved him and whom he loved. You might share with them anything wonderful that their loved one used to say about them. It could go like this. Did I ever tell you the story about when your dad and I were watching you play at your college one day, and he leant over to me and said, I just burst with pride every time I think of what my girl went through to make it to college and for all her successes. If they are grieving a baby's death or perhaps a miscarriage, you might say in a soft, compassionate voice, They were only with us for a short time, but I will always remember their time with us. If it was a child, you might say, I really loved your son. He was such a special child, and I know our family is going to miss him terribly. If it was her mother, your mother had such an amazing personality. Let's have some tea and reminisce about her life and all the things she did for us. Do you remember how she would make that divine cheesecake we both loved? I feel so blessed that your mom was like a mom to me. Thank you for sharing her from time to time. It meant a lot to me. I brought over some photos you might not have seen, which I hope we can look at together when you're ready. Now, of course, if this is more of an acquaintance or a relative of a colleague at work and you will first see the bereaved at the wake, funeral, or memorial service, you might say, I just couldn't believe it when I heard the news. I'm so sorry for your loss and pain. Or if they had been ill for some time, you might just say, I'm so sorry for your loss and pain. I admired the love you had for your father and your devotion to him, especially when he was so ill. And as time passes, it is always such a comforting thing to do to remember the anniversary of their death with a short note, a card, a text, or a message. Put it on your calendar now and be sure to acknowledge the anniversary next year. Sometimes, relatives and friends feel awkward saying something on their anniversary or even their birthday because they fear that the bereaved will be hurt even more if they bring it up again. But do you really think they're going to forget? Absolutely not. It would be more painful if you didn't say something. So do remember and do say something, especially in the week ahead of the anniversary leading up to it, because for them, those painful moments leading up to the anniversary go round and round in their head regularly, and it's very painful to think about all the places they were at leading up to the day they died. You might even make it a point to get together on that day if you feel up to it. Or setting up a time to visit the cemetery or bringing lunch with you and just talk about wonderful memories. If they cry, it's okay. They're just processing their grief and that's the way it's being dealt with. A year out for a serious loss is not easy. Most of us are in a dense fog for a long while during the first year, and some believe the second year is more difficult because the fog is lifted and reality has set in. The person they love really isn't coming back, and they can't fool themselves any longer. For me, the second year after my beloved grandmother's death was much harder to take. I miss speaking with her, visiting her, snuggling up to her neck and being hugged so tightly. I miss that I couldn't just pick up the phone and call her when I wanted to. You have to stop yourself and it's very painful when you realize she's not going to be there on the other end. We used to have this pact where I would say, if I go before you, I will keep a place warm for you in heaven. And if you go before me, you will keep the place warm for me. And she would laugh and say, Now, Mary, you aren't going to go first. But having experienced an 11-year-old stepdaughter's murder, I knew too well that life can throw pretty weird curves when you don't expect it. So I'd say, Grandma, in this day and age, you just never know. And I remember when she was dying, I was holding her hand, and I whispered in her ear all the things I wanted her to know again. How I loved her, and how I knew she loved me, because she couldn't speak at that time, but I knew she could hear me. She was slightly squeezing my finger. And one of the last things I remember was, "'Remember, Grandma, keep that place warm for me.'" And then, of course, after she died, I lost it. I bawled like a baby. She was one of my best friends. I felt privileged to have been at her side when she was making her transition. When a person dies, we go through so many emotions. We feel lost and fragile and emotionally unstable. And it's friends and relatives like you who pick us up when we cannot take care of ourselves. You help us with everything from cooking and delivering food and making sure we have eaten, helping with laundry and house cleaning and doing errands with us, or at least bringing us around to do them. You pick up our children from school and baseball practice and listen to them when we can't. You are there to say something positive to us because all seems so negative right now. You are there to love us. And we are so grateful for you. Grateful that you even took this time to learn what you could do to support us and help us move forward through our grieving process. Thank you for listening today. And I encourage you, please go back and listen to other episodes so you will really truly have a sense of what your loved one is now going through. Listen especially to my first episode because in that episode, I talk about all the things that are swimming around in a bereaved person's head. And this will give you a better indication of what's going on for them. So remember, come back next week. And we'll talk about what not to say to them, which is just as important. So now's the time in our episode where we get up, we move our body, and dance to the music. We change our state. If you're in the car, wiggle in your seat, move your shoulders, and have fun. for joining me today. Continue to write the five things you are grateful for each evening in your journal. Think about who in your circle of family and friends could use a nice word or gesture from you as they grieve. And remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.